Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Teresa Giacino. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the character of Martian Manhunter with Matt Moore from Comic Book Noob and Andy B. from The Flash Podcast. Welcome back to Supergirl Radio, guys. Howdy. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Yay. Welcome, welcome. I forgot about Oreos, sadly. But... <laughs> your Chacos. Let's be specific. We we were supposed to bring cookies? Nobody told me. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously we're here in a very special episode because we had a big reveal on Supergirl. Uh, Since Hank Henshaw revealed himself as Jean Jones, otherwise known as Martian Manhunter, we thought we would take a deeper look into that character um, and find out what we should know about him. Since when we originally did a spotlight, we spotlit... Uh, cyborg Superman, right? And uh, that was a big mistake. So here we go with, <laughs> with Martian Manhunter. It could um, still be relevant later. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, see, I'm hoping that, you know they'll, they'll finagle that somehow, but not not on this day. Maybe they'll pull out some sort of comic book move and uh, you know get him in there somewhat, some other way. Yeah, yeah. But the real Hangar shows up and he's like all cyborgy. Back to Martian Manhunter, whom we're here to celebrate. Um, Actually, his uh, first appearance in the comics uh, was in Detective Comics 225, uh, which was published in November 1955. So this is a character that goes way, way back. Uh, He was created by Joseph Samixon and Joe Serta. Um, Obviously, it's in the name. His place of origin is Mars. Um, And now... Matt, since you obviously have uh, much more knowledge about this character than I do, uh, what do we need to know about his origin story and, and how he came to be? Well, first of all, he's marooned on Earth. He, he did not come here of his own volition. He, uh, he was brought here uh, accidentally even by uh, Dr. Saul Erdell. Uh, he was doing some experiments and uh, he uh, was firing off a teleportation beam and uh, somehow, some way, John Jones got caught in it and it was – Boom, next thing you know, travel through the void to to our planet. And the shock of which killed Erdell and it stranded John Jones on Earth forever. Wow. So I hate when that happens at work. <laughs> it's a bum, bum, bummer of a way to start the day. But you know, he clearly, you know, he goes through and he makes the best of it, though. Well, Matt, since you talked about how he showed up on Earth, um, and, and we know in the Supergirl origin, or at least the Supergirl incarnation of him, he's the last son of Mars. Um, so do you know anything about how everyone on Mars kind of gets destroyed or killed? It's, it's implied that uh, everyone on Mars was killed by another set of uh, uh, Martians known as the White Martians. 
John Jones is among the Green Martians. Uh, and, and and in the course of all this, John Jones has lost had lost his family and everything else. So he's clearly, it's almost like he's he's grappling with the fact that he's lost everything he 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 knows and loves and holds dear. But at the same time, he's also lost his world, and now he's trapped on a completely different world, uh, and still trying to make his way and trying to figure out all these weird uh, 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 people who are walking around <laughs> like he is. Except you know they they don't have his the powers that he has and he can he can read their minds and he can he's got super strength and he's just still he's he's kind of like well i'm alone i'm not being hunted but i don't want to draw attention to myself so he 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 shapeshifts and he he becomes he works as a as a cop because he was a cop on mars so i guess you do what you know it's interesting too the uh, the whole white martian thing because uh once <clears throat> you know the martian manhunter was revealed on supergirl um david harewood who is clearly finally able to talk about him and so thrilled that he could like finally open his mouth about what was happening um we covered this at the mary sue there was an interview he did where he mentioned the white martians and how they might come into play on supergirl um Actually, another question I have for either one of you who wants to answer and who knows this, um, or any of you, I should say, because obviously Supergirl's powers are because of our yellow sun. She comes here, she has powers. If she were on Krypton, she wouldn't. Martian Manhunter, does he have these powers on Mars? Is this something that all Martians can do, or is it a product of him being on Earth? Well, he, he's, he's had, a, he's had a, a, the bulk of these. This is just what Martians, what the, what the green Martians were able to do. Mm. Uh, now, clearly on Earth, since you know, not many people can do it, it's a, it's, it's a whole new bag of tricks for him. Right, because now, now it's an advantage, whereas at home it was just like, meh, everybody can read minds, whatever. <laughs> it is, and, and it's very much an advantage because a lot of people may not realize this. You know, John Jones is almost uh, an alpha level uh, being. His his powers and his, you know his strength you know he can fly he's invulnerable, uh, you know he can he has what they call the Martian vision which means you know he has X, it's essentially X ray vision and he can he can do energy beams you know sounds like a Kryptonian we know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so and so people kind of are they're kind of shocked that there is that he's there and he exists in this in this time and place with you know with with these other superheroes particularly with with Superman and Supergirl, uh, and. He seems to be so muted about the whole thing. It's kind of like he just—it's like he never really brings it up. When he does, people are like, "Wait, you can do that?" <laughs> well, let's go through all the powers that he has. You've mentioned some of them already. Just real quick, he has superhuman strength, speed, uh, durability and endurance, regenerative healing, flight, invulnerability. Uh, he can phase through objects. He can be invisible. Uh, he can shape shift. He—he he has telekinesis and telepathy. Martian vision, which you mentioned, uh, he has nine senses, genius level intellect. I mean, this is stuff. Yeah, he's practically. That's all. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, like I have all of that plus t- two more powers. So I'm just saying. <laughs> well, don't forget the simple fact that he's also a damn fine detective. Right. Uh, to, to the point that you know, can give Batman a run for his money. Mm-hmm. Mm, preach. So, essentially, he's almost like a, a super green knight. I wish he'd take that mantle on. Um, it'd be like, no, Bruce, this is how it's done. Um, the Green Knight, the Green Knight rises. If, if, any, <laughs> if, if anybody should bear the sobriquet, uh, Kid Gawain in the DC universe, it's definitely a Martian Manhunter. Well, and and I think he is so muted about it because my only experience with with the character is through the uh, animated 
uh, stuff whenever he's out, like Justice League. But I think a big reason why he might be so muted about it is because it's so commonplace to him. Like, he wouldn't think to mention it, which is kind of amazing. Like, it's, it's something he was born with. It's something he's always had. It's not something he ever had to adjust to. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I can do that, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I can shapeshift. Let me, let me help you out. Whereas for Supergirl... This is something that she, in coming here, had to like adapt to and learn and figure out. So he might just have more experience with it, I guess. As you said, you know, he he's known this. He's been able to embrace it, and it's nothing new to him. Uh, whereas, you know, with Supergirl, she's she's getting to experience these changes and explore them at, at her own pace. And, and sometimes this stuff is being foisted upon her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very much a you know, you know very steep learning curve for her. I, I'll be curious to see as the show progresses. Whether she looks to him for almost, you know, not just advice, but perhaps as maybe like a, you know, a mentor of, of some kind. Oh, I'm sure. Like that, that seems like it, that, that might be what, what they're setting up for both her and Alex. Um, now, he does have some weaknesses. He's not like a complete invulnerable being. Fire is not something he's, he's great with. Um, and Chacos? Can someone explain this to me? <laughs> <laughs> is it a reference to the fact that he's like all about Oreos? That it's like you know, it he can get obsessed by it. Basically, he it's 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 a human, it's a human weakness of um of sweets. Basically, <laughs> yeah, he's he's addicted to them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. That, oh, so we could totally hang because we could be like best friends. Basically, is what you're saying. Hey, get in line. I, I saw him first. I, I would be like. <laughs> From what I understand, in the comics, it was originally Oreos, but something happened. I don't know if it was like a copyright thing or something, but they changed it to this food called Chacos. Is that correct, Matt? But that is correct. And and one of the, one of the aspects of this of this fascination that uh, John Jones has for these cookies uh, is doing no small part to Captain Marvel, uh, and and Captain Marvel's alter ego Billy Batson. You know, who, you have to remember oh. Billy Bat Billy Batson's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I thought you, mean, I thought you meant Captain Marvel from Marvel first, but because I'm like I'm so no, used to calling no, no, him no. Shazam <laughs> now. But he, Shazam is a better name for him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was Captain Marvel Shazam. first. But, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> So, so that that's why you know he he kind of picked up. He was introduced to Oreos by Captain Marvel, you know, or, or Shazam. So, and that's there you go. I think I think it's a cute weakness. <laughs> I think it's great because it shows that even though he's a stranger in a strange land, with apologies to Mister Heinlein. Oh God! Uh, no, he needs to apologize for that book. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. Anyway, but, but yeah, it, it shows that there are some elements of him being on Earth that he is not only adapted to, but has come to embrace. Even in a way that hey, he he might need some help. Yeah, he has all those powers. That huge list of powers, and his weakness is the same thing that would be one of our weaknesses. Yeah, uh, an well, Oreo cookie. Say, you know, he's not gonna like let someone die if you give him an Oreo. Like, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> let's not I, I don't know because you know, give, give, given the, the sheer number of different uh, flavors of Oreos they have nowadays, <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't you know. I mean, the right wait, one. Wait, oh wait, you're going to give me the mango flavor or tequila Oreos if I, I... <laughs> <laughs> key lime Oreos? Okay, here you can have them. Take them. I'm sure he's not a fan of the fire hot cinnamon Oreos if oh. those were to exist. Probably now, not. I, that, that, that's a thing. You know, at this point, if, if it's not, somebody is going to probably hear this and that, and it's going to be a thing. So put in your orders for for the types of Oreos you like now. Um, would somebody explain, because, you know, obviously he's invulnerable, but fire is a weakness. Um, can someone explain for the, for those of us, namely me, who don't know the character that well, what do you mean by fire is a weakness? That it can hurt him or that he's afraid of it? 
he's he's weak against you know hot looking people. You know, he, you know. When you're on fire, there's a reason he never visits Fire Island. To any of the the listeners of Supergirl Radiance, so I'm sorry for bringing on our horrible sense of humor from the Black Podcast because, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm bad. (laughs) You know, hey, there's there's a whole podcast devoted to it. So so Supergirl Radio listeners, if you want to check it out and get more of those jokes. Um, the Flash podcast is here. We, we keep it family friendly, I promise. <laughs> so, back to Martian Manhunter. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we talked about his powers, we've talked about his weaknesses. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, who Martian Manhunter comes up against a lot of the time. Uh, villains, bad guys. Um, does he have a nemesis? Uh, Andy and Matt, do you have any favorite uh, Martian Manhunter bad guys that you are hoping to see? I I'm would. Only, oh, sorry, go on. No, you go ahead, sir. Um, oh, well, thank you. And um, the only one I'm familiar with, uh, and the, you know, is you know the character of, and oh boy, his name. Um, I'm gonna try and pronounce it as good as I can. Malefica, Malefac. I, I don't. Uh, there you go. You know, you, the second the second one was right. Malefac. Oh, okay. Malefac. Or or Malefic. Malefic. Okay, I'm gonna say that. Um, and um, yeah, he was. You know, he. I. I got to know him through the, um, the Justice League Doom movie, which was based on Tower of Babels, which is one of the best storylines of Justice League in the comic books ever. Because, like, if you if you thought that Batman was effed up before, wait till you read his book. It gets <laughs> messed up. But um, he gets introduced there, and it's kind of like. It's kind of like the reverse Flash version of the, a Martian Manhunter, and mm. um, kind of like the reverse Martian Manhunter in a way. And um, so like, he's someone that I'm like really, I got really compelled by, and I did, I did some comic study of him and so on. Um, but yeah, he is, you know, he's he's a fun villain. I, I, when you think about it, Matt, I don't know, you know, let me, you know, let me know what you think about this. But Martian Manhunter, he doesn't have that many villains, though, even though he is such a big character in the DC universe. Yeah, his villains tend to be those shared by the Justice League, given his uh, his his role as a member of that team. But you know, as Andy says, Malefic is you know, that, that's his arch enemy, that's his nemesis, mm. and it's also his twin brother. Oh, and and Ma- ah. yeah, and, and, Ma- and Malefic is a bit demented. I mean, this is a guy he worships Darkseid. Oh, that's uh, that's wow. bad. That's right never out, good. Right, right out of the it's, gate. No, that's, that's never a good that's thing. Good. But he's also he's also an he's he is he, he's somewhat of a can't believe I'm going to say this. He's somewhat of a sympathetic character because he is the only member of the Martian race who was born without being able to do telepathy and with no with no fear or weakness of fire. And because he felt so out of way, you know, out out of out of touch with his people, because you know he he was not able to what commune with what, to commune with the, the the great mind, which is sort of like. A, uh, I mean, almost like it's like a god level thing for Marsh for the Green Martians. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's like they it's, all kind of connect. Right, and but because of this, you know, Malefic was able to touch his fellow Martians when they were doing this, and he caused these plagues of fire that would cause these cause the Martians to to be consumed by fire and burn to death. Oh, and and he and he pretty much he or, he orchestrated an extinction level event on the planet, and he didn't know that John Jones was alive <laughs> for all this time. <laughs> And so he's now made it his mission to kill John Jones, and he has so far failed. <laughs> but wow! Well, you got to admit, like that's it, so like I mean, I'm, that's fascinating. I've never you know read this character, and 
because they always say like, you know, like babies, for example, need to be held and like hugged and like touch is such an important human thing. Like you need that or you'll go crazy. Like you literally need to be hugged, have your hand held, et cetera. And so to the equivalence of that on Mars, like you can't, it's like there's a barrier between you and everybody else. Like that would drive you crazy. Like well, that's. I mean, think about it. I mean, even, you know, even, even, you know, in reality, you know, you know, all of us, all of us talking, you know, we, we love that, that nature of someone holding our hand or, you know, putting their, their arm around us or yeah. you know, giving somebody a hug or a peck on the cheek. And, you know, it, it, it's a shared thing. It's, it's, you know, it, it crosses cultural boundaries. It crosses national boundaries. It cro- it's, you know, it's, it's not gender specific. You know, everybody longs for that nurturing touch of a fellow human being. Mm-hmm. And for, I would, you know, not being telepathic myself and more importantly, not being from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> I, you know, speak I, for the Martian community, okay? <laughs> I can't speak for the Martian community. But I would think that they sort of feel the same way, uh, you know, at least telepathically. And to be denied this, you know, how utterly alone he must feel. And I, I think that would, that would make me want to lash out, too. Well, we've talked a little bit about his comic book stuff, but Martian Manhunter has actually been in a lot of TV and movies, which is really awesome. And I know him very well from, like Teresa said, the, the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, but he's also been in a lot of other animated things. He appeared in an episode of Static Shock called A League of Their Own. He was voiced uh, very famously, in my opinion, by Carl Lumbly on Justice League Unlimited. He was yes. voiced by Dorian Harewood, which is another Harewood that has played him <laughs> on The Batman. Any relations? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe so. Um, voiced, he was also voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson on Young Justice, which he also um, had uh, a little bit to do, I guess, on that show because we meet Miss Martian on Young Justice. Um, so I think that is very fascinating. And I, I wonder, can you guys talk a little bit about Miss Martian and kind of what her relationship is to John Jones? I think Young Justice took an adaptation of her in the show because, you know, a lot, because a lot of people that I know that love Miss Martian on that show, you know, they do think that she is the niece of Martian Manor in the comic books, but actually they don't have a... They don't have any family relation or so on because she is actually, you know, spoiler alert, like on the show, she's a she's a white Martian in oh. uh, in the comics. So yeah, yeah, um, she, and she's been masquerading as a green Martian. Oh, that's very interesting. I did not know that. So yeah, she. Um, it's complicated, you guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but as far as I know, like, in the comics, like, they don't have much of a connection. I think. And what are you? Uh, am I right, Matt? No, you're exactly right. I mean, it just they just you know, their only real connection is that they were both from Mars, uh, you know. Whereas John Jones ended up being uh, I don't you know, I don't want to say he was kidnapped, but I mean because it, it wasn't there was no intent. But you know, he he ends up being marooned on Earth, whereas she was sent off to I think Vega uh, because you know they were I guess her family was you know trying to you know they. Her, I, she and her her family were trying to escape this this war between the Green Martians and the White Martians. Uh, you know, so far uh, the one thing that is still kind of a mystery is exactly how she got to Earth from Vega. Hmm. But it doesn't matter; she's here now. I mean, you know, and in the <laughs> comics, she ended up becoming part of the Titans, and 
Uh, of course, love, 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 love her <laughs> on the cartoon. She's just yeah. so great. Uh, I mean, hello, I just, Megan. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I miss yeah. that show. I've seen her on Young Justice, and I know there was. Um, I saw some talk on the internet of you know would Miss Martian show up on the show because of you know Supergirl and they could have Supergirl and Miss Martian interacting. So I kind of hope I'm maybe one hundred percent campaigning for that, and I would love for okay. This came they, this came to my. I'm sorry. Look, this is how this is how addicted I am to to Miss Martian and Martian Manhunter. I would campaign for Madeline Mantuck from uh, Madeline Mantock from the Tomorrow People to play Miss Margin on Supergirl because I think that would be awesome. You know, to have, you know, another... One thing I do hope Supergirl does is that they bring in more female heroes. Kind of like, I'm not saying that, you know, it might, ha- that it will happen, but, you know, it could. Like, maybe a female just League in some stories. You know, like, let's say Supergirl never connects to Flash and Arrow. You know, how about if they create a kind of like a little just League of their own and it will... This is a mostly female superhero, and Miss Miss Marge is going to be one of them. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely like that, and I think it would be cool to that could be a story that could come uh, for David Harewood's version of John. That you know that could come around down the line. So I I hope we do see Miss Martian at some point. It would be a great setup because I mean you'd have essentially three cosmic heroes, uh, you know, coming together on little old Earth. And, you know, and 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 with the potential of uh, you know wait you're a white Martian oh wait you killed my people no wait I didn't have anything to do with it I wasn't involved and you know here comes Supergirl all right let's just be friends <laughs> like, yeah, let's all fly and we be friends <laughs> let's all fly around and shoot heat vision in the cornfields and make popcorn woo well and and I'm kind of curious about this now because uh, this week on Supergirl in Hostile Takeover. Uh, Jean or Hank makes a mention of how Kryptonians uh, don't react the same to some of Martian Manhunter's powers. Um, so I'm I'm wondering how that would go with Supergirl as well. It, it's something about how he can't read their minds. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. He said he couldn't read uh, Astra. Yeah, it may just be that the Kryptonians sort of have stronger brainwaves, and he can't really crack them. I, what I know if they the- were mentally trained for that? Though, like, what if, like, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Exactly what the relations are, but you know, between Martians and Kryptonians. But like, what if maybe there was a division, like in the, you know, in the Kryptonian army? Because you know, we know that you know we we can kind of assume that in many incarnations that there is this advanced training that the Kryptonians have. And what if what if one of them was you know able to mentally protect themselves from you know telepathy from from Martians? Well, it's a definite possibility, and you know, and given how advanced Kryptonian society was, and how, and you know, the Kryptonian military was, the, the Kryptonian military was tended to not leave any stone unturned. You know, in Krypton, they don't have any powers, but you, know, they might have been able to set up things where they would try to preserve their knowledge, you know, and from prying eyes, if you will, or I guess in this case, brains. <laughs> prying brains, get out of my head. Yeah, that would be cool to see if that comes into play with Supergirl and Jean, and if that ever came into play with a Miss Martian, if she showed up. I really do see them actually being able to, you know, maybe introduce her and so on, because, you know, I don't think, and it's not to diminish um, the importance of the character, because, you know, she's a phenomenal character, but, you know, I don't see Zack Snyder being all hands-on on on that character, um, you know, because, you know, the DC movies are separate from the TV show, and, you know, there tends to be, 
you know, I don't care what they're saying that they're going to try to loosen up a little bit. And so I still think there's going to be that restriction. But I don't think Miss Marshall would be like one of those characters like, yeah, we're going to like center a whole movie around her or something. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll see more Martian Manhunter kind of characters who are in his universe show up so yeah. and we kind of and we, and we already did in the first oh, sorry it didn't mean to unwrap but like we did in that first episode when he was introduced as martian Manor with jim with, with jim right yeah mm-hmm. so i think it's very possible well and let's wrap up the um tv animated stuff by mentioning that he uh martian manhunter was voiced by nicholas guest and batman the brave and the bold so he actually shows up a lot on batman stuff which I think is very interesting. But when you think about it, though, I mean, you know, Martian Manhunter is a, is is quite a compliment to Batman, in that they're both detectives, they're both essentially alone, and they're both rather rational, and not very emotional. Something that I noticed, though, in in the animated stuff is that he tends to serve like the babysitter role like usually it'll be like the justice league will go out and do something and like you stay here and and man the fort like uh, and i wonder why that is like because he has all this power like clearly he could go out and like defeat people by himself (laughs) um so like it it seemed like he was just doing a lot of sitting around and kind of manning the the consoles while everybody else did stuff. I think I think that's because you know he's 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 rather a deep person. He's he's very much a, a philosopher, you know, almost like a like a he's like a warrior philosopher. I I would liken him to uh, uh, Sam Elliott and Roadhouse. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know the warrior bouncer, you know, or the the brainy bouncer. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trains Patrick Swayze. And and it's true. And and he like of all the people like to lose, like you wouldn't want to lose him. Like he's he's kind of like too important to send out. He has lots of reasons to be out there. So yeah, that's a good point because he. In a lot of incarnations that I know of, he's either manning the watchtower or he's a mentor to somebody. So, yeah, I, I, I like what Matt said about how he's he's kind of this deep thinker. And maybe he's more of a, a, a strategery guy. He's a, he's a strategy guy. Strategery. 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 Stratego. Why, why is everyone laughing at that word? Because it's, it's a, it's a weird. Because it's not it's, real. It's a weird way to oh, say okay. it. Um, I... I <laughs> It's also See, it's also it's also an homage to when uh, George Bush was running for president on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Will Ferrell was yeah, playing yeah. him, and they said, "How would you describe you know your your platform?" And he looked at the camera, and go strategery. Yes, very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm impressed somehow, that you picked up on that SNL reference. <laughs> so, somehow George Bush has been referenced on a DCT podcast show. I I I fear, I, I fear what may come next. <laughs> well, we talked about the animated TV stuff a little bit, but Martian Manhunter is actually in a lot of the animated movies. Um, and one of the ones that I particularly love is Justice League The New Frontier. And in that, he's voiced by Miguel Ferrer, who we will also um, get to later in some of the live action stuff but um justice league the new frontier um matt do you want to well and andy too um do you guys want to talk about that story and what is so great about martian manhunter in that version of him the the new frontier was this i believe six issue miniseries done by darwin cook and darwin cook is one of the most amazing artists working in comics today his, his style evokes uh, 1960s optimism, and essentially what it is, is it's, it's a retelling of the Silver Age of DC's top-flight heroes. Except in this telling, Kennedy never died. But you know, throughout the issue, it just sort of looks at these various characters that we all know, you know, because they're media saturation, but gives them a very muted, 
uh, sense of purpose, and it imbues the storytelling with how they're having to cope and result with things. And the way John Jones is done is it's just this. I mean, it's very much again, you know, trapped in a world he didn't create. I just made a Howard the Duck reference. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Shout out Marvel. <laughs> but, all right, he's a Marvel property. <laughs> It all comes around. It's all it's all interrelated. <laughs> it's all it's all connected. You're making me quack up or crack up. Stop that. <laughs> no, no, get off my podcast. <laughs> so but it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's 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 great because you know, the movie is a lot. It's very true to the graphic novel, and so you you know you see John Jones in his in his civilian form as a as a police investigator, you know, trying to get to the bottom of. This cult-like thing that's uh, popping up all over the planet, and and it's how he gets along and, and meets people and becomes enmeshed into the what you know becomes the Justice League and 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 the DC pantheon of heroes. I love the scene in that movie where Martian Manhunter is like watching TV and he's shape shifting into everything that he's watching on TV. Yes. That's 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 New Frontier, right? That it, that it is, and it's yes. one of the best scenes in there because it's. It's it's amazing to watch him learn about you know the world that he lives in because you know that's that scene is uh, you know is is just it's very soon after he had been absconded to Earth so he's 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 getting he's you know he's he's basically he's looking at TV to get to get an idea of where he is and how he's going to to stay hidden. It sort of reminds me of how when people want to learn another language, sometimes they will actually pick up on how to say things and how to speak it from watching TV shows in that language. So somebody might be watching a TV show in Spanish and will <laughs> pick up Spanish by watching it. So it's kind of funny to see that with him and to, to see him shapeshift into all those different things. So when I think of that movie, I, I think about that. Well, um, some of the other movies that he's been in, uh, he was voiced by Jonathan Adams in Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. One thing I love about that storyline is that, you know, he falls in love, you know, and he starts to, you know, really, you know, adapt, you know, he's already adapted to human culture as it is, but like now he's getting feelings and he's getting attached to someone as opposed to something. And, you know, he develops his relationship with Rose Wilson, who in the comic books is Ravager. Uh, and, you know, for Arrow fans out there, that's um, the character that the Summer Glau sort of played on Arrow. I like the idea of that he would fall in love with someone because kind of what I know about Martian Manhunter is that he had a family on Mars. And in the, the Hank, the David Henshaw, the David <laughs> Harewood version on Supergirl sort of mentions a family. So that's interesting to me that in some versions of his story, he has a family on Mars and maybe some versions of him, he falls in love with someone else and maybe starts his own family uh, elsewhere, maybe on Earth. Well, well, and that's to be expected because that's the beautiful thing about comics. Uh, you know, there's, there's really no set timeline anymore. Uh, I mean, <laughs> right. DC, DC, DC has cleaned house uh, a great a great deal and, and, and very often, but at the same time, you know, it's yeah, you know, there's there were all sorts of uh, you know different Earths for the longest time, and so I mean, you know, Martian Manhunter was on these different in these different realities, and you know it could be anywhere. From, you know, there's even a Bizarro version. Oh, <laughs> so, really? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he he's known as a Thramian Snitch. So, <laughs> what? What? What's the name? 
I'm googling this mother right now. Bizarro. Well, well, it's because you know, think about it. And 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 on you know, it's it's Earth twenty nine. It's the Bizarro universe. You know, and you know, the the planet Earth is is is, is, it's a cuboid called Hitre. So you know, near Hitre is SRAM, which is Mars backward. So Hmm. so, (laughs) hence hence the Sramian snitch. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, that so, that makes me want to see Bizarro World even more so on Supergirl, because that oh would be really gosh. fun to see. See, I want to see Bizarro World. That might make World people's uh, TV screens explode. <laughs> Bizarro Martian Man. How, why am I surprised there is a Bizarro Martian Man? I'm like, of course, you know, with all this 52 Earths out there, of course there's bound to be a bizarre version of all these characters. Sure, yeah. What's What's interesting, though, is that if there is, I feel like he might not be that different. Um, Because I, like, for, you know, like, now I'm going to Star Trek here, but, like, you know, there's, like, Spock and there's, like, evil Spock in the alternate, you know, in the parallel universe. And, like, the only real difference between them is, like, their beard. But, like, he's so logical and so level and so grounded that, like, he makes decisions the same way. It's just, like, a different set of parameters. So, like, I feel like Martian Manhunter is the same kind of character where, like, He's so, like, a deep thinker, as you say, and he's so, like, chill that, like, even Bizarro version of him is probably the same. He just reacts to different stuff. That's a really good assessment. I, I you know, you, I think you really nailed it right there. Well, good. Now we can all go home. <laughs> <laughs> but what if I'm already home? My work here is done. <laughs> right. I know I am home. I'm, I'm doing this in my jammies. Yeah. Yeah. Fun facts for Supergirl yeah. radio listeners. I'm in my jammies right now. <laughs> that is okay. Straight chilling. Well, I'm doing I'm this no, podcast I'm in no. back in my Toyota Highlander down by the river. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in no jammies. Okay, Ooh. all right. Oh, wait, okay, that's T- not a really T- bad. TMI, I, I'm, TMI. I'm, 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 I'm clothed, but I'm not dressed in jammies. Okay, he has other clothes on, y'all. Yes, I do have pants on. <laughs> pants on. This is a pants on situation. <laughs> Kids stay in school. <laughs> don't do drugs. Um, <laughs> the more don't, you know, the more you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, he was also voiced by Carl Lumbly, um, who voiced him on Justice League Unlimited and Justice League Doom. Um, and to wrap up the animated movie section, uh, he wa- Martian Manhunter was voiced by Cam Clark in Lego Batman the Movie, DC Superheroes Unite. And he was also in another Lego movie, uh, voiced by D. Bradley Baker in Lego DC Comics Superheroes, Justice League Attack of the Legion of Doom. So a very long title. Um, so lots, <laughs> yeah. so um, lots of appearances in um, a lot of animated stuff. So if you are into that, check it out. And not only has he been in animated stuff, he's also been in live action. Uh, the first live action portrayal was in 1997 in the Justice League of America live action oh, TV pilot. Oh, and oh God, um, that was so bad. That was so bad. <laughs> it is such a horrible pilot. I'm sorry. It's. I've seen that mother like three times, and boy, it's no good. It is so bad. Yeah, it's not the greatest thing in the world. And I was actually kind of struck by how he looked in that, because um, the man who plays him, uh, David Ogden Steers, is uh, kind of a bigger gentleman, and uh, he's, a, he's a little older. And um, so I was kind of shocked by that. Although his appearance, like his costume and everything, looks fairly faithful 
to his comic book counterpart. So uh, I think that is actually the good thing about it. And from what I was kind of looking up in the connection to the animated stuff is that Miguel Ferrer, who had voiced him in some, uh, some animated work in Justice League The New Frontier... He actually, um, when Martian Manhunter, uh, as David Ogden steers, when he shapeshifts into uh, Weatherman, he's actually played by Miguel Ferrer. So that actor got to play him twice. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can find that, that TV pilot on the interwebs. Um, but, yeah, it's... I believe uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very 1997. But uh, definitely check it out because I, I believe that is the first live-action appearance of Martian Manhunter. I just, lo- I just love the Sorry. fact that Major Winchester from MASH played Martian Manhunter. That's, that's <laughs> David Ogden Steers. Yeah, he was oh, also, yeah, he's yeah. All, he, he was yeah, also he was, the mayor of the town in Doc Hollywood with, you know, with the Michael J. Fox movie. Sure. You know, get off the interstate, Ben Stone. Get off the interstate. <laughs> and, he's, and he's barely in the pilot. That's a, that's in the pilot. That's a funny thing. Uh, not Weatherman. The, the Flash fan in me would punish my, myself if I did a bring up this fact that is supposed to be what it was but he just went with a different name well in the second attempt uh after the 1997 justice league of america pilot was on smallville played by phil morris um andy i know you're a big smallville fan what did you think about how um how martian manhunter was portrayed on that series well uh, he was he was in the the show through you know from season six to season ten, like in you know spread episodes, and you know, he was in a total of like ten or twelve episodes, and you know they really nailed him good on that show, and uh, we didn't see him you know we didn't see his Martian side a lot on some because obviously you know that's a lot of makeup you have to apply or as well you know maybe c g i and stuff like that, you know, and remember Smallville was a show that was known for having its limited budget, so they would keep him mostly at you know in human form and then you know hint at his powers like in the shadows or something but no they Phil Morris nailed that character and also the great thing about Phil Morris is that he's a huge comic book fan and like he had he was a huge fan of Martin Manders so like when he got cast as him you know he really made sure to nail that character as well as he could and um yeah that show that show could have used more Martin Manhunter like on a regular basis though, because he was, you know, throughout a, a lot of the season as Clark was evolving into, you know, becoming Superman, John was really much this voice of reason to him and so on. When, you know, and you know, even though Clark had Chloe and Lois and stuff like that, John brought a different perspective and stuff because, you know, he knew Jorel and he had, you know, sort of had his past with that, the House of Val. So you know, Smallville really, you know, people always say, you know, there's a lot of things that Smallville got wrong, but there was a lot of things, a lot of things they got right as well. And, and one of them was Martian Manhunter. And I, I, I remember in season nine, when he gets his, um, spoiler alert, when he gets his powers back, we do see him turn Martian, um, shift into his Martian mode for a second, um, which is pretty awesome. And they kind of gave us a good, like, allusion to his costume. He was wearing, like, a, a green shirt with um, you know, because he was a detective, you know, like um, what's it called with those things that you ha- that you wear on your chest to kind of like hold your guns, basically a holster, holster, yeah, right. like yeah, he had a holster that would form like a red X on his chest, which was kind of clever, and he wore a blue leather jacket, right? Uh, now, from a fashion standpoint, 
if I was working as a cop, I would be asking like, those are some like spe- very specifically odd picked ca- colors <laughs> yeah. for a. But also he was a detective, so you know he interested how he wants. But uh, but yeah, no. But Smallville, like he he was well portrayed um, on Smallville, and you know, and like you know, and hopefully you know, po- you know, people who loved Smallville, you know, like as we get into the, the David Harewood version of Martian Man, I hope they will still appreciate what Phil Morris brought to the table, even though he was maybe you know he's only appeared twelve times on that show, but it's it's still one of the, it's still one of the most memorable things on, of that show. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but uh, I think it was maybe season eight when they sort of did... Yeah, it was at the beginning of season eight because they kind of did like a death of Superman type thing when Clark died, and I think... Oh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of times when they did a death of Superman <laughs> on that show. Well, the, the, the one I specifically remember, doesn't Martian Manhunter pick him up and fly him to the sun? to kind yeah. of revive him. So that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of Martian Manhunter on that show is um, kind of how, you know, tight he was with Clark. And, and that moment in particular was great because um, he does this hugely heroic thing to save Clark. And he's flying towards the sun, which, I don't know, is kind of made of fire. Um, yeah, so- yeah but that, that, that he loses powers. Yeah, and like when Clark when Clark wakes up, you know, John tells him that I've lost my abilities. Now, the f- one thing I there's two things I don't understand though with that is that one, why did he not turn back into a Martian? And I'm like, you know, convenient budget restrictions. And number two, uh, wouldn't he have died in space if he didn't have any his powers? Because, you know. You can't really breathe in, in space. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a thing you can't do. What's the saying about the disbelief? Like I, I suspend disbelief. Yeah, suspend my disbelief that you know, you know, he just got back and you know maybe Clark did something in his sleep or something. Um, but yeah, no, but that 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 was really tragic because after that you know he has to deal with just being you know a human, uh, which in many ways you know he always wanted to be a human, but you know. Now, like, there's no abilities, and, you know, it was for a whole season, even though he only showed up for three episodes that season, he was walking around in Metropolis as a human. So, so yeah, he, he did a huge sacrifice, and that made me appreciate that character, and at least that version of the character even more on that show. Well, and after Smallville, the next time we see Martian Manhunter in live action is on Supergirl. Um, so, so we've gotten to Supergirl now, and I was curious, Matt, as you know, uh, a guy who is very knowledgeable about comic books, what did you think about the the big reveal on Supergirl, where uh, the guy we knew as Hank Henshaw was actually John Jones? I was utterly gobsmacked. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those very few rare occasions in my life where I'm actually gobsmacked. Like, just the way he, you know. He's turned away and his eyes turn red. You know, I am the last, you know, I'm the lone survivor. And he turns around and he forms, he shifts into his true form. And not just shifts into his form, but elevates. He's very tall. You know, he's a very tall Martian. And I just, I thought that was, it was intrinsically perfect. It was probably the best reveal on a, on a, on a, on a, on a superhero TV show that I've ever seen. Frankly, I don't see how they're going to top it. <laughs> so you, so you didn't see it coming, was it? No, was, not in the least. Yep. 
you know, well, and um, and maybe maybe because I'm just you know, I mean, maybe because I'm just a little dense, but I'm just like, you know, even with the red eyes, and all of a sudden, you know, because you know that was the last thing I was thinking. Right. I mean, the utterly last. It, it would never have even occurred to me to think that on Supergirl, they would have brought in the Martian Manhunter. Would not. No. I mean, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could see that because, like, I, I think you know, you for a, uh, a lot of people online were either in the Cyborg Superman camp or the Martian Manhunter camp, and you know, for me. It was always Cyborg Superman just because, yeah, I wouldn't expect Martian Manhunter to be on, on the Supergirl show. Like, I would expect him on perhaps a Superman show or a Batman show or a Justice League show, but, like, not specifically Supergirl. So it was, And that's because, you know, because, you, know, you know, I I was, <laughs> I was one of those in that sort of leaning towards Cyborg Superman because it would have just made more sense. But to have this, this I mean, this just, this just really just takes the dynamic of the entire show – Rips it apart, puts it into a shredder, shredder sets it on fire, uh, and then everybody gets all the ashes back together and tapes it all, takes it all together. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful one eight, not even one eighty. You know, it's it's this wonderful, you know, veering left, you know, to just to, just make sure everybody's awake. And, and it's <laughs> I've, I'm you know, wow. Well, and, you and a, it's like do you now? need a moment, Matt? <laughs> Do you, do you want to be alone? I'm uh, feeling a little overclamped. <laughs> well, it's like and now they can do anything, right? Like if they can do this, they can go in any direction. And I think that's that's probably what they're going for. Is like they don't want to be beholden to like necessarily Superman villains or Supergirl, you know, villains and heroes. They want to broaden their horizons and kind of have room to play. Which and is you know, what they should do because that's that's how you that's how you make a very vital superhero show i mean that's you know that's the way it's done on, that's the way it's being done on flash mm-hmm. and that's part right. of what makes flash so compelling and something I, I just wanted to bring this up because i was uh, having a conversation with one of my best friends the other day and he was bringing up the fact you know like well do you think the reason they brought in martin manor because you know they think that you know they needed that extra boost and something like that i'm like no 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 i super you know super cool is the TV show is working because of Supergirl. I think the reason they added Martin Manhunter was because, you know, look, these are what I love about these showrunners, uh, particularly Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Boland, is that, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're of us, you know, they're one of us, you know, they are huge comic book nerds, and, you know, Andrew Kreisberg's written comic book, and they're DC fans, so I think it was just to add, uh, you know, another something more special to the show. So, but it's, it's not like the show is going to rely on Martin Manor and so on. It's just that, you know, he's a supporting character among Supergirl. And so, you know, I, I think that's why, you know, they did inside. I think because, I, you know, I think that's something that I, I can imagine a lot of people on internet talking about being like, you know, well, they only did it because, you know, like, you know, the ratings boost or whatever. So I'm like, no, no. Supergirl works because of Supergirl. Like, you know, because Melissa Bruno is just so good in that role. <laughs> and... But you know, but yeah, but I think Martin Manhunter, you know, the additional Martin Manhunter is just to kind of give, to expand on this great universe that they have going on. I, I have to laugh whenever I hear um, like fan chatter like that online. It's like because it's so clear that fans don't know how TV works. Um, writers aren't waiting week to week to see what the fans want before they write a script. These scripts are written like 
half a year in advance. They're, you know, it's like they're not responding to, oh, we need a ratings boost. Let's put Martian Manhunter in this. It's like they clearly had this plan from the beginning. They clearly set up certain things so that it, you know, whatever. And yeah, from season to season, they change things up. But within a season, they're not putting Martian Manhunter in for ratings. He was already in before the show started. Harold even said, I think, before he went to Comic-Con, that he knew that he was Martian Manhunter. And just so you know, like, the day, the night when he had, when Marge Manager like, debuted on the show, I cried later in the night because I'm like, I sat in front of Martian Manager at Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah! And I, I, I gave him a hard time for a sexist line in the pilot. <laughs> I'm like, what, like, what if I never get to meet him again? Like, what if I never get to talk to him again? And the only memory I will have is giving him, like, somewhat of a harsh time of like you know well you told her to go fetch, fetch coffee <laughs> <laughs> well you should have given him a hard time anyway because John Jones should know better right um, yeah. <laughs> well I actually know the story of why they decided to have Hank Henshaw become Martian Manhunter because they released some interviews where I think it was Andrew Kreisberg talking about how they, he and I think Jeff Johns and maybe Greg Berlanti were kind of all talking. And, yes. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of looking at David Harewood and uh, admiring his his ears. And they said something like, you know, he sort of looks, you know, <laughs> I don't know like, this. I don't want this to sound bad, but <laughs> he sort of looks like an alien. Um, and so they he really were, does have cute little ears. He, I gotta he, say, he does. He does. They are they are adorable ears. And they were kind of just kind of bouncing ideas around and ideas, ideas. And <laughs> and one of them mentioned, you know, it would be cool if he could play Martian Manhunter because we all really like him and he kind of embodies the the character and. And I think Jeff Johns was like, well, why couldn't he be? And so that was kind of where they hatched this idea that maybe he, you know, is a shapeshifter who just kind of assumes the Hank Henshaw identity. So I think that is cool because I think from episode two on, you kind of see a shift in the character. So Mm -hmm. maybe they had the idea that, oh, we'll make him Cyborg Superman when they made the pilot. And then when they were talking, uh, they decided, you know, we're going to go a little bit of a different way. So I think that's really cool that they are able to adapt and, and play with the different characterizations uh, based on what the, the what if. And I think that's what good writing does. It asks, you know, what if? So I, I really like what they've done with him. It was a smooth transition into that. So it didn't feel forced. It felt like it came all together pretty well and so on. And I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read an interview with David Harewood. Uh, there was a lot of interviews released that day. Uh, but I think in one of the interviews, he said that he was sort of not enjoying playing like the the harshness of Hank Henshaw. That he that he really appreciates his play, playing this even more and so on. And I'm so I'm like it makes me really happy for him because you know the last thing I would ever want to do as an actor is to play a character that I don't enjoy playing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you know, but and you know. Um, even though I only, you know, I wasn't as familiar with David Harewood as, as, for example, if Teresa was, you know, when he got cancer and so on, seeing the, the power that he has as an actor makes me appreciate the fact that David Rappaport, the amazing David Rappaport, for casting him. And now he's like Martian Manhunter because, you know, Martian Manhunter, like I said, you know, for me, you know, even though I haven't read a lot of the comic books of Martian Manhunter, so he's a very special character to me. You know, he's like... He's like the dad I always wanted, you know. 
you know, like green yeah. eating Oreos, like who, you know, like <laughs> the b- best father ever, hashtag. And um, so, like, I appreciate, you know, like it's it's a perfect casting altogether. And I think, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm tearing up a little bit at the fact that I'm watching television and the Martian Manor is on television in live <laughs> action on a serious, regular basis. It's well, and one of the things now I need a minute. <laughs> Oh my gosh, take a minute. Oh my God, we all need Oreos. Um, I, I mean, one of the things I do want to say, and I totally, you know, it's 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 awesome to have him on the show. And I do love that now, you know, once there was that reveal, in the following episode, we see him kind of having like a softer personality and seeing him interact with Alex in a different way. Like, it, you can, it really feels like a weight has been lifted off his shoulders that he can finally be himself around somebody. And and you can tell that in the performance. And and I love kind of the new dynamic between him and Alex that they can they can kind of share secrets and he can be, you know, honest with this girl that he has always been thinking of as a daughter, but he never got to tell her that. And now he gets to tell her that and, and he gets to treat her that way. And so it's it's it warms me to the cockles of my heart um, <laughs> that, you know, we're able to see that relationship develop. And I'm looking forward to when Kara does find out because she will it's inevitable and to have another alien who's like a quote good alien who's not one of the Fort Ross criminals who's you know on the side of right yeah how how ironic is that by the way that it's like Hank who was like this alien hating type of character and so on was an alien this whole time. It's like the irony is kind of amusing. Well, I think I liked that actually because it was because a lot of times, you know, the, people overcompensate when they're trying to cover something up. And that's how I read it. Like, it, and obviously, you know, they, they, I'm sure they changed, you know, between the pilot and the second episode. I'm sure they, when they were writing the rest of the scripts, they had to change a lot of stuff. But um, a lot of times, like, you know, you, you often have like people who are, for example, you know, closeted in, in the closet about being gay or something. And they often, you know, can be like very hardcore, like, oh, yeah, gay people, rah. Um, because they're, you know, it's like they're overcompensating for a secret that they're keeping. Um, and that happens a lot with, with any secrets. Like you, you kind of don't want anybody to, you know, you don't want to let on. So you, you overdo it the other way. Um, and I, I kind of took it as that, like he's, you know, I work for the DEO. I fight aliens. Look over there. I'm not an alien. Shut up. <laughs> like that's kind of, <laughs> like that's kind of the vibe that that he was he was putting off. And now that he can finally be honest, it's it's cool to see him mellow out and kind of chill a little bit. Now, Teresa Rebecca, I wanted to ask you this. But I don't know if you guys covered this when in the in that episode and so on. If you guys know about it and so on, but. Um, the the look of Martian Manhunter is that one hundred percent CGI based or is it like are they applying makeup and uh, costume to him? I'm not entirely sure, but I know with the suit, it sounds like well, it reads like from David Harewood's tweets that he does have a suit of some kind um, because he has tweeted about. I, you know, I tried on the suit or I was wearing the suit today. So it sounds like he might have an actual suit. Um, That shot looked very CG. um, But I feel, but I think in a good way, of course, right? In a a good way, but it It it, looks amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's probably, you know, a suit and makeup, but then it's enhanced, you know, because obviously he's not 12 feet tall, you know, like he's not, you know, you gotta, you gotta put some work in to give the full, 
Martian Manhunter effect. But yeah, as Rebecca said, like he has alluded to actual stuff that he's wearing. So it's probably he he puts the suit on and then they add to it with the CG. Yeah, and they might have him in some kind of makeup or something like that. And and, and I know with the Flash, they've talked about how they will build like a computerized version of Barry to you know, run really fast through the city or whatever. And so maybe, oh, yeah. they, maybe they've built a computerized version of Jean so that they can have him do his, you know, superpowered abilities or uh, appear in, in his alien form. So uh, I think it's probably a, a combination of practical effects and special visual effects. Um, I hope for Kate to show up. Um, unless that'll... Unless that that, um, that character from Incredibles just walks in and she's like, you know, no capes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to wrap this episode up, I thought we could put out our, you know, favorite incarnations of the character of Martian Manhunter. If you guys have any uh, stories that you would recommend that our listeners pick up or check out or favorite episodes, whatever. Um, Matt, do you have any favorite stories of Martian Manhunter? I do actually. I have a really. Uh, this is a. In, there was he had his own solo series in 1998, and there is if you go to your comic shop or uh, even Amazon or you know Comicsology, uh, even Kindle, uh, you can get Martian Manhunter: Son of Mars, and it's the it's issues zero through nine uh, of 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 that series, and the art is uh, by Tom Mandrake and it's written by John Ostrander, and it it's it's it's. John Jones telling Superman about the end of Mars' civilization and and how he uh, came to Earth and you know how he's tracking a serial killer and uh, he has to tussle with Malefic and he saves the Justice League and it's a it's a really good nice way to jump right into who this character is and and see what his important importance is to the DC universe. Uh, so you know, highly recommend it. Uh, there's a follow-up that's called Martian Manhunter: The Rings of Saturn that collects issues 10 through 17. It's also pretty good. Uh, you know, it's and it's still fairly kind of cheaply. I think it's like like 18 bucks. You know, if you you know to get the the paperback version on Amazon. So, other than that, I definitely have to recommend uh, the Martian Man Manhunter: Others Among Us, which is this eight-issue miniseries. I think from uh, 2006 or seven. And it kind of gives him a different little look, but uh, you know he uh, it just it gives a, it gives a nice backstory into this guy and makes him a little more serious uh, as opposed to you know the the cheeky guy who loves Oreos. <laughs> cool, awesome. What about his Angans and comic right now in the issue two? Is that something you would um, you would recommend? Yes, I would, and I would recommend that you sit down and uh, you just basically it's like a roller coaster ride because it's it's scary. Uh, and it's it's weird, and but it is so scary and so weird that it's an amazing book. I mean, you know, any, any book that has a villain called Mister Biscuits, <laughs> uh, it's really got to make you think. What? <laughs> oh yeah. So, I want to get a dog just so I can name it Mister Biscuits. Now <laughs> uh, this one, uh, I think they, I think they're up to issue four on this one now, and it is. It's it's crazy. Wait, it's I'm just, sorry, I missed the title. What what was it again? It's just it's just it's just called Martian Manhunter. Oh, and it's the current uh, the current ongoing. Yeah, it's the current one. It's uh it's uh it's it's written by Rob Williams and the arts by Eber Ferrara and Eddie Barrows, and it's just weird, <laughs> and, but it's so entertaining. It's so thrilling. You know, actually, you know, I, no, I'm sorry, they're up to they're up to number seven now. So just and this this features him in a way that uh, is. Uh, 
not quite you know the the, the classic superhero pose because it's him it's more him more in his natural pose you know his natural physiology so a bit of an elongated head you know long and lean with you know green body and can't recommend that one enough i mean it's it's current so you can you know, get it from your uh, your shop uh, your local comic shop very easily well, Andy, do you have any favorite Martian Manhunter stories or adaptations? Uh, well, for me, I'm more towards um, the a- the animated stuff and the live action stuff because, um, you know, growing up, you know, he was you know one of my first superheroes, like you know, among you know many others like the Flash and Superman and Batman and so on. And Martian Manhunter was someone that I would always respond really well to because he was that cool father figure on TV that I'm like, you know. He's also philosophical, and you know, there's just something with that voice that I always, you know, that I always fall in love with. So, you know, for me, I'm like, watch all of it. Like, watch Justice League Unlimited with him in it, and Justice League, and you know, John Justice, and ain't like all the animated films that we've talked about, and so on. Because he, and Smallville, so he's he's a very rich character, and I, I'm so glad throughout all the years, you know, throughout all the changes that we've had, and so on. Because you know. There's been reboots. It's been you know, there's been retakes and stuff like that. He's stayed very consistent as a character, and he's a, because he you know he's a he's a very rich character, like I said. So, yeah, any of the animation and the live action stuff is something I would you know steer people direct towards, uh, as as well as you know the things that Matt brought up and so on. Because there's tons of good good Martian Manhunter material out there. Teresa, do you um? I know you have most of your knowledge from Justice League Unlimited. What what would you tell our listeners about that adaptation of Martian Manhunter? Yeah, I mean, uh, that is my first um, encounter with that character. Um, I mean, this I'm very curious now to read the uh, the ongoing comic that's out right now. And I always liked the character, but like I said, he seems to like sit around a lot and and you know I, I appreciated the mentor aspect of him but I what I wasn't crazy about was the fact that he didn't seem to be in on the action as much as everyone else um, so honestly I have to say I'm looking forward to uh, David Harewood's take on the character in Supergirl because I'm liking already how complex he is and how many different colors we've seen already in this character and the fact that he is not only kind of setting being set up to be a mentor to Alex and Kara, but also he is running the DEO. Like he does have that job to do. So in addition to whatever his backstory is and whatever his mentoring ability is, he also has this very real job of protecting the earth and getting out there in the field and 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 making sure that other aliens don't come and do this planet harm, this planet that he might not have intended to be on. I mean, neither did Supergirl. They have that in common because neither one of them really planned on being there. But uh, he takes his job to protect it seriously. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that develop. Yeah, and I like your, your point about how in some variations of him, he is just kind of, st- especially in the JLU where he's kind of stuck around in the Watchtower, uh, given everybody else their missions. Uh, Hank Henshaw or David Harewood's take on Martian Manhunter, he is out in the field and doing things. So uh, it's good to see him in, in an action role. Um, for me, I would definitely recommend uh, Justice League New Frontier, the animated film, um, because I yeah. think that one stands out to me because, like on JLU, he's he's much more serious. And I think in a lot of stories, he is a very serious character. But I, I found him very 
cute in Justice League The New Frontier in that he um, had a little bit of unintended humor, I guess, associated with him. So I've always found him to be kind of a lovable character in that way. So I definitely would check out Justice League The New Frontier because it does have great animation and it has my favorite Martian Manhunter scene in any of the animated stuff. So I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend that movie just because it's it's beautiful oh, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a, a, the sunnier side of Martian Manhunter. <laughs> um, well, that about wraps it up for uh, for our Martian Manhunter discussion. There's a lot to discuss because he is such a rich character. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Matt and Andy, for joining us uh, and helping us out with this. Um, we'd love having you on. Matt, let's start with you. How can our listeners find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters. At Gorilla Scribe, and that uh, is spelled the non-traditional way, which is actually the correct way. And don't forget that's uh, two R's and two L's in that one. Uh, and then uh, you can also find me. Uh, I uh, I will write about Star Wars comics for CoffeeWithKenobi.com, and I host. Uh, I'm a co-host of Comic Book Noob uh, with the Assembly of Geeks, uh, and then I also co-host. Comics with Kenobi, another podcast with Jeff McGee. Uh, we talk about, surprise, surprise, Star Wars comics. <laughs> and what about you, Andy? Where can we find you? Although I, I, I think we know one place we can find you. Yeah, the, the Mighty Speed Force. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Adrebacht, B-E-H-B-A-K-H-T. Um, they can find my work at TV Overmind and at Heroic Hollywood. And um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the host and producer of the Flash Podcast at uh, theflashpodcast.com, and you know, like we're all on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just you know, all under the Flash Podcast, and you know, we um, on iTunes and uh, and also um, you know, for any Marvel fans out there, I'm um, the founder and editor in chief of uh, the Marvel Report. If you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail dot com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Pretty please with sugar on top. (laughs) And we are a part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even DC movies, you can subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and you can like us on Facebook. Uh, as for me, you can always find me every day at the Mary Sue. That's the Mary Sue.com. Uh, I do my Supergirl recaps on Tuesdays uh, and we've got our House of L videos on Thursdays or sometimes Fridays when we're late. Um, <laughs> and as for me personally, I'm on uh, social media at Teresa Gisino and you can find me at my website, TeresaGisino.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, and that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Until next time, I'm still Teresa Giacino. And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And we'll leave you with a Martian Manhunter quote. The future is worth it. All the pain, all the tears. The future is worth the fight. (laughs) 